KBLA Talk 1580. How you guys doing? Are you are we figuring it out? Um, are you ready to fill out your mail-in ballot? It's time to get ready. If you're not ready yet, um, it is time to figure it out. And we're we're here for you. Go to KBLA1580.com um, and you can find out. You can listen to conversations for yourself. It's not a slate, but you can find out for yourself. Uh, we have another uh, candidate here who would like to be your L.A. County Superior Court judge. Um, she's live with us in studio if you want to see her. She says she's proud to be running for Superior Court judge. She's got a lot of experience in the criminal justice system. She currently serves as a deputy district attorney for, uh, grew up in South L.A. She says that fuels her drive and commitment to serving the community. Georgia Huerta, welcome. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, and you, I'm on your website, right? Oh, okay. uh, on my phone right now. And you say you tout, you know, the breadth of your experience, 30 years as a deputy DA, 300 plus uh, preliminary pre and post trial hearings in the courtroom as a deputy district attorney, 80 jury trials and 15,880 <laughs> cases filed as a Filing, filing deputy, deputy thousands of cases re- reviewed on and on it goes. Why is this important for a judge? I think it's important for a judge to have a breadth of experience with different types of cases and different types of situations. Each day, your calendar could be filled with all kinds of different situations. And I believe my experience as a deputy district attorney over the years in various positions has equipped me for that. Uh, as a filing deputy, which I currently am now, I, in fact, provide the caseload for the judges in the criminal courts. That's what they hear. The cases filed from the uh, crime evaluation unit. So I think it's very important that a judge have a breadth of experience uh, prior to taking the bench. And I mean, and it is, is I see, you know, you've worked, uh, you spent a year in the juvenile division, three mm-hmm. years in employee relations, one year workers' compensation fraud, uh, three years in alternative sentencing and community collaborative court. But of course, all this on, is on the DA side, mm-hmm. um, and and I'm sitting here looking at you. You're an African American woman. Not that that not that we're a monolith, but um, why? You know, is there ever any, and especially one from South LA? Is there a push pull for you as a prosecutor? You know, you are on the, you know, the lock them up side, and then you live in the community. So you know, is there ever, is there ever a contradiction there for you? Well, no, not for me, because I'm not on the lock em up side. I'm on the side for justice. That's why I became a deputy district attorney. When you live in South Central Los Angeles, you can witness the injustices for yourself. So I chose the path of working within the system to try to eliminate that implicit and explicit bias that starts from the beginning. And as you know, the deputy district attorney's office is the gateway to the uh, criminal justice system. Law enforcement arrests people, but they can't get them into the criminal justice system without a deputy district attorney. So I saw myself as a person from the community, who knew the community, who had witnessed injustices. So when cases were brought to me, I had, I think, a point of reference that maybe a lot of DAs did not have. I could read them. I could have, I believe, a better assessment 
of whether or not what's being told in the report is actually true. So even though they may think the DA is on the lock em up side, maybe some of them are, but I'm not. Um, how would you describe your temperament should you be elected judge? What's your judicial temperament? I think I have a calming temperament. Mm. And, you know, uh, Dominique, I've learned over the years, you need to listen to people. You need to look at people. You need to listen to people. You need to try to determine why are people there before you? What is it that they're trying to tell you? And then that can help you better do your job. It can help you better decide, okay, even as a DA, what cases should I be making? As a calendar deputy, what kind of offers should I be making? So I think my temperament is one of calmness, one of openness, one that wants to see justice done for everyone and to treat people with dignity and respect. That's essential. When you, when you, when you talk about implicit bias, I mean, what, what kinds of things can be done to address that and make sure that we really do have equal justice? Well, first of all, I think you have to recognize it. As you said, I'm African-American. And I can remember the first day I walked into my court, and I'd been a DA for a number of years with my hair in cornrows. The judge looked at me. That's an implicit bias. You know, we have to be conscious. We all have bias. I know I do. But the important part of it is to recognize that you do have them and do not allow them to interfere with you doing your job the right way. That's the only way that we're going to achieve justice. And some people don't believe that they have any biases, and you cannot have that attitude and sit on the bench. Um, you said service is important to you. What do you mean by that? Service is important. What I mean by that is you have to care for the community. You have to care for the people in the community. As a deputy district attorney, and I'm quite sure I probably will do the same as a judge, every decision I made, I made it thinking, how is it going to impact my community? And, and in saying that, what I meant at, is this case a good case for treatment and rehabilitation? You know, not everyone should be confined. You have to look at the situation. You have to realize where people come from and where they are. I spent a lot of my time in Compton, so a lot of my interactions were with black and brown people. And since I'm black and from a, a neighborhood that's black at the time, I believe that uh, that helped me to be able to help my community because I knew treatment and rehabilitation was needed in many, many cases, and that's what I offered. However, in some cases, confinement was necessary. But then you still have to balance that. What's the length of confinement? Are you going to confine them forever, or are you just going to confine them for 60 days? That's a big difference. And so that's what I mean when I say that I want to serve my community and to continue to serve them. Um, I... I'm going to say your endorsements are kind of confusing. You've okay. got uh, the Los Angeles Progressive, mm -hmm. right, in Law Pack, but you also have the National Association, uh, Na National Association of Blacks in Criminal Justice and the Association of Deputy District Attorneys. When I think of the Association of Deputy District Attorneys, I think of hard pushback on the progressive uh, prosecuting agenda of, um, of the voters, you know, as manifested by our current DA. George Gascon, I think of, um, you know, I think of more of what I would 
come to mind when I consider a prosecutor um, on the bench? Well, that's our union. Right. And our union has fought the current deputy district attorney on many fronts. The, the current district attorney? Yes. Yeah, I know. And not only that, I am a union person. I believe unions are essential to help make a better working condition for the people that they represent. So I do support unions. I do support what they do. I believe that employees need protection from their bosses if necessary. So when I have the endorsement of my union that I'm a member of, I see it as helping their members. I don't see it as pushback hard tail DAs. You also have the East... Uh area God. yeah it's so tiny the writing <laughs> east area progressive democratic club yes and others any others you want to highlight um and you mentioned law pack law pack is an organization of uh los angeles african-american women pack that's dedicated to putting women of color into offices and to positions of authority and power. They're very active in the community. And not only do they just support judicial candidates, they support candidates on every level, including federal level, including our mayor. And I think that that's essential to be associated with an organization that's empowering. And I believe empowering. I believe empowering women and, of course, men, but also empowering women. And I believe that organization is great at doing that. As you can see, I have been endorsed by several Democratic clubs. And I'm proud of that because I like some of the some of their mission statements. For example, voting. I think voting should not be curtailed. I think it should be expanded to be inclusive, to cover everyone. I believe in good education for everyone, regardless of where you live. I believe everybody should have health care, regardless of where you live. So So, um, you're in a tough race. I mean, maybe one of the tougher of the judicial contests, right? Because there's three folks running here. Yeah. L.A. Times endorsed one of your opponents saying that he's the best of the three in the race. What's your response to that? Well, of course, I differ with that. Um, uh, L.A. Times, they're entitled to their opinion, but I have my opinion as well. Uh, I am an experienced prosecutor. I am from the community from which I will serve. I believe that I have the necessary lived life experience. When you have a judge on the bench, you want a judge who has different types of experiences, uh, culturally different types of experiences, uh, diversity. And I believe I represent that. I believe that I would be an outstanding judge on the bench. I believe as a prosecutor, I have served my community. And you know what? I will continue to serve this community. Well, you kind of just did it, but um, <laughs> what's your closing argument? Why we should vote for Georgia Huerta for uh, L.A. County Municipal Court judge and tell us how to track you. I believe you should vote for me because 
I believe in the community. I grew up in South Central Los Angeles. I went to Manuel Arts High School. I went to Fauche. And not only that, the community has helped me and my family growing up. You know, my mom had seven kids living by herself. I remember we had a terrible fire. We lost everything. Mm. My mother sitting on the sidewalk crying when I came home from school. And you know what? The community rallied around us. They found us a place to stay. They gave us furniture. They gave clothing for seven children. So the community has been good to me. So that's why I chose this profession. And I believe I've been good and will continue to be good for my community. You can find me, of course, on my uh, website that Ms. DePrima referred to. So please visit it to learn a little bit more about me. It's Georgia Huerta for Judge 2024, and it's F-O-R 2024. I'm also on Instagram at Georgia Huerta for Judge 2024. Is it F-O-R number four? F-O-R. No, F-O-R. Georgia for Judge 2024. 24. Okay. And on Facebook for Georgia Huerta. All right. Well, thank you so much for thank coming you. in. It's a pleasure to meet you and yes. uh, good luck to you. Yes. Thank you so much. You are listening to KBLA Talk 1580. The station you turn to when you've had it up to here with cultural incompetence. KBLA Talk 1580. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. So much going on on the national and the local landscape. Trying to squeeze it in here between our candidates because for me the top priority right now is our election. It's March 5th, the last day to vote. You can vote right now if you have your mail-in ballot. It is that time. Um, and so, you know, we... We, we're prioritizing that. You can find them on our website, kbla1580.com. You can find the data from our polling of likely voters, black voters in L.A. County at kbla1580.com. And um, we're doing our best to get you prepared, help you. I feel like I've learned so much talking to these um, candidates for judge. And you, and that's one area where we often don't have the information. Um, so... In between the beats, trying to keep you up to date on some of these stories, but also welcoming your thoughts, your impressions of what you've heard so far, if you've already voted, why you're so fired up. I mean, one of the things that I was really encouraged by regarding our KBLA uh, Eviteris survey, our polling of black voters here in Los Angeles, is the level of enthusiasm. And this is not, you know, it's kind of an off-brand, right? It's March. California's a blue state. There's there's just Trump ain't going to win here, right? So the thing is, what are we fired up about? And what, from what we see in the survey, a lot of it has to do with the district attorney's race and public safety and our concerns about that. And so to me, a natural extension of that is understanding and knowing about the judges, the people that want to be your judges, um, meanwhile, um, speaking of judges, uh, Fonnie Willis, the Fulton County DA, um, is going to be in, you know, fighting for her own, uh, career for her professional future. Um, today she will, um, she'll, it'll be decided whether or not she can stay on that case that she's worked so hard to bring. Um, the election interference case in Georgia, the racketeering case against Trump. Um, this is a hearing where a judge will 
look at the allegations around her alleged romantic relationship with uh, Nathan Wade, who is an attorney that she hired to help work on this racketeering case, the election interference case against Trump in Georgia. Um, The judge will have to decide whether one or both of them would be disqualified um, from working on the case. And the judge could even go as far as dismissing the whole case, which of course would be a huge victory uh, for Donald Trump. Because when you think about this, this is probably one of the most threatening um, cases against him. It's, it's in state court, so he couldn't pardon, it, pardon himself if he was elected, reelected president. Uh, so this is a real threat to the former president. It's also super important because it addresses the big lie and the ways that the president tried, the former president tried to steal the election by saying that it was stolen from him. I am really hoping that this judge will not throw away the three years of investigation and work to put together this case. And it's one of the reasons why I say, even though I feel like there is a targeting of black women in power right now, especially those who could present any kind of threat to the, the, the hegemony um, and, and, you know, and, and business as usual, um, white supremacy um, and implicit bias and all of that. There's a piece of this which also goes to her personal responsibility, which is whatever decisions you made have now turned the case into all about you rather than all about the criminal, uh, the alleged criminal in this case, um, the former president of the United States. And, and you know, I, I hate that. And I don't, we don't know what happened. We don't know whether she was uh, started seeing this guy after she gave him the job or before, and that's going to be really relevant here. Um, but, and we don't know, you know, how much of this is her, her making terrible choices and how much of it is her being targeted as a leader. But, we, you know, whether it's Claudine Gay, whether it's Marilyn Mosby, there's definitely a feeling of this targeting in, in intentional um, bringing down of black women. At the same time, you are working on the prosecution of a former president of the United States. you got to know that you have to be squeaky clean beyond squeaky clean. So this is, um, this is going to be a big deal. Fulton County Superior Court Judge Scott McAfee um, is really holding a disproportionate amount of the future of our nation in his hands right now. So as we listen to these folks who want to be L.A. County Superior Court judges, and you think, oh, I'll go eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I don't feel like doing the research, or I don't know where to look, or I'm not sure, and I don't have time. I'm going to tell you, you can listen on your phone at kbla1580.com. We, we have an election information hub there for you. You can listen if you're not sure about any race, but particularly judges. And I feel like this story of what is going down today 
with Fonnie Willis and, and, and Nathan Wade, attorney Nathan Wade, who she has admitted to being in a personal relationship with. This case should remind us how important the fairness and good judgment and expertise of these um, county judges really is, and judges on every level. So sad about the shooting at the Kansas City Chief uh, Super Bowl celebration. I hate this story. I hate um, the ongoing scourge of gun violence in our country. And I, I've gotten to the point. I mean, I, I've been on the on the radio for so many years now, and and I thank you for continuing to listen and, you know, giving me this opportunity. I know that holding the microphone is a privilege and I, and I relish that privilege, but honestly, I don't know what to say anymore about these mass shootings, these public shootings. This Kansas City Chiefs victory parade becomes, um, becomes about a shooting and not a celebration. And I feel like we've talked ad nauseum about what we need to do. I am a big proponent of the Second Amendment. I am a big proponent of your right to bear arms. But I also don't understand why we can't have sensible measures that the majority of Americans do support without impeding on our 2A rights. How is back? How does background checks, you know, how does banning assault weapons? How does red flag laws, how do those impede your Second Amendment rights? What will it take to get there? When can we stop having these conversations about gun violence in public spaces in this country? News, traffic, and sports, and then uh, candidate attorney Christopher Darden joins us in studio straight ahead on KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward.